Hey, what's up, Halo fam? This is Fast Times Under the Halo, a.k.a. Randy Oz, and welcome to the Halos in the Infield Baseball Network. Before we dive into today's video, we just want to remind you that if you're watching us on YouTube, to hit that like button if you enjoy our content. Leave a comment down below to let us know all your thoughts. Also, don't forget to subscribe for more awesome videos like the one we're just about to drop. And finally, smash that bell notification to keep yourself updated every time we go live or drop a new video. If you're finding us on iHeartRadio, Apple Pod, Podbean, or Spotify, make sure to leave us a five-star rating as well as leave us a comment. All right, Halo fam. Now with that out of the way, let's get the show started. What's going on, everybody? This is Randy, a.k.a. Fast Times Under the Halo, and you're watching the Halos in the Infield Weekly Wrap-Up. Damn, son, where'd you find this? Welcome to the Heady Weekly Wrap-Up, the show that brings you all the latest on the week that was in Angels baseball. You will find game highlights as well as all the news, stats, and quick recaps of the entire previous week. Stay tuned for insightful commentary, weekly awards, and eye-opening insights from around the Angels baseball world. What's going on, everybody, and welcome to the show today. I'm Randy, a.k.a. Fast Times Under the Halo, with my co-host, Rob. What's going on, Rob? How you doing? I'm doing great, Randy. How about yourself, man? Not too bad. How was your week? Started off kind of bad, but, you know, ended up pretty good. <laughs> I heard that. So, with that, let's go ahead and get into some news for the week. Um, first, I like to start off with the whole Jared Walsh headache insomnia. Now, first off, fans, I'm not, we're not here to bash him. It's unfortunate, you know, I got in these notes right here, that Walsh is in a Utah clinic for the next two weeks, so he's, he's getting treatment. As somebody who deals with headaches and insomnia really bad, like I said, I'm not here to bash the guy. I know exactly what he's going through. It sucks. You know, I'm somebody that maybe gets three, four hours a day sometimes to sleep. So I, I can I can totally understand what he's going through. And when you play 162 games, you know, you need all the rest you can get. And if you're not getting any, you know, you need to get back on track. You need to get back in the swing of things. And uh, all the best to Walsh. You know, we hope to see him, you know, get through this and get back on the field as soon as possible. What do you say, Rob? Yeah, absolutely. You never want to see a guy like this go down, especially in a capacity with the headaches. And he's having issues where he has to go somewhere else and seek help outside of the uh, spring training or outside of the actual medical staff that the Angels have. Just hope he bounces back quick and uh, be nice to see him in the lineup and see what he has. I'm, I was really excited going into the season seeing what he had with no shift going on. So I'm just hoping that he's okay and he'll be back on the field soon. Much love and speedy recovery to Walsh. Um, and that's, that's really all we're going to say about that. Like I said, I um, don't want to harp on it too much. You know, it, it is what it is. You know, he's dealing with what he's dealing with. And like Rob says, you know, hopefully he can get back on the field as soon as possible. Uh, the next uh, bit of piece of news, uh, injury-wise anyway, is Stassi. Max Stassi. Again, not here to bash anybody. Injuries happen. Also, Stassi's dealing with some personal issues as well. I wish Stassi a speedy recovery and whatever he's dealing with in his personal life, you know, I hope he's able to sort through that and get that all situated. I will say this. 
as bad as that is, you know, to see somebody get hurt, it did open the door for Logan O'Hop. I'm not going to get into Logan just yet, but but I want to say that, you know, having an injury like this, I mean, this, this is something that happens every year in every sport. Somebody gets hurt, something goes down maybe in their personal life, and they can't play. What do we always say? Next man up, right? Well, here we are, next man up, and that next man up is Logan. Mm-hmm. Again, speedy recovery to Stassi. Hate to see anybody get hurt. Hope he gets everything sorted out as an organization. We got to move on, right, Rob? Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, the season doesn't stop because one guy gets hurt. It continues on. Teams make moves that they have to do to go ahead and uh, get going, get wins on the board because – I know it's still early in the season, but when you're sitting over here at game 150, 160, and it's closing in, we're talking about the beginning of the season and what happened when, oh, hey, uh, we had to wait a little bit because our catcher was out. But, no, next man up came up. I just look at this one thing with Stassi, and I think of, I mean, I don't know if a lot of these guys are going to know this, but Wally Pip. Mm-hmm. It's the first thing that comes to mind with yep. the Iron Horse came in, right, right after that. and. He was out of the job. We could be seeing it. It happens. You know, it's an unfortunate side of sports, but it's a side of sports nonetheless, right? Yeah. At the end of the day, this is a business. They're here to win. They're here to take the team to the next level. And at first, if you were that guy on paper, but you're hurt and someone else stepped in the role, you got to go with the next next man up, like you said. I will say one thing, though, about Stassi's injury that I'm not happy with. Mm-hmm. Outside of the personal issues. I mean, personal issues, he's a human being. They're all human beings, just like we are. Right. They have the same problems we do. But injury-wise, if you were hurt or you had a record of being hurt, like Stassi did, was playing in the World Baseball Classic the best idea? Was that the best thing for your team to win? And no disrespect to Italy at all. But were you going to win the World Baseball Classic team Italy? You weren't even slated to be in the top five. Granted, you proved a lot of guys wrong, moved on to the next round. It was great. But the team that you're playing for now was paying you. Now you're not there for them because an injury happened, right? A lot of these guys got hurt there. They weren't ready yet. Season spring trainings, they get ready for the season. Mm-hmm. Well, baseball classic, it's full board. So that's that's my take on that. I'm not too happy about it overall. But luckily enough, knock on wood, it was just the one guy. We had a lot of guys in there, and we're very fortunate as Angel fans to not get too many guys down, especially our superstars. I'm not entirely uh, opposed to what you're saying. Teams, I believe, with certain players, I think there's just management needs to step in. It's like, mm, you know what, I don't see that being the best idea, and I'd rather you not. Again, I know it, at, at the end of the day it's the player's decision, but I also think the teams, you know, if they're if they're paying you, you know, I really think, you know, I think we, we, we touched on this last week, you know, they should be able to step in and be like, hey, you know, we got an investment here, you know, I, and, and you got a bit of a history. It's like you said, you know, <laughs> you get an injury out there, now, and now you're no good to the team that's paying you. I can see all sides, but I'm, you know what, I'm not saying you're wrong, not at all. So that's, that's, that's kind of all we'll say about Stassi. The last piece of news I want to touch on, and everybody knows it's coming, and that's Anthony Rendon. And now I'm going to go out, I'm, I am going to say this for everybody that's listening. 
and you know everybody's kind of been paying attention to my posts and all. I'm not saying what what Anthony did was right. You're not supposed to be grabbing fans and yada yada yada. But at the same time, I can understand from the human emotion aspect why he may have did what he did. But I also want to go on record and say that a man can only take so much. There's heckling, and then there's crossing the line. And if you're sitting there, you know, calling the dude mother F this, you bitch, is what I hear is what was being said. If you're doing that for two hours, and, 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 I'm, and, I'm, and I'm sure there was maybe some other insults that were thrown out there, I can understand why somebody may have snapped. And I will say this. I mean, Anthony's been in the league how long? I mean, I, I don't know how many years, but we're just going to, you know, we all, we all know he's been around for a while. Never had an incident like this. For the most part, I would say like 99% of the time, athletes tend to be able to put that stuff aside. Don't worry about it. It doesn't affect them. When, when you watch the video, I mean, he's got this guy by the shirt by a good, what, 15, 20 seconds or so? Yeah. And the whole time, Teammates are walking by. Security's watching this thing go down. And the only thing that I can think of, and I think of things from the past of you know incidents like this, when when they when they tend to go after people in the stands, usually somebody will pull them back. Like, okay, not a good idea. Let's go, man. Let's just let's, let's get in the locker room. That did not happen. Nobody tried to pull Anthony back. Security didn't even try to intervene. Which the only thing that tells me is that the teammates and the security probably heard this guy doing this crap all night and just thought, you know what, you get what you deserve, buddy. Because it's like I said, Anthony's been in the league for, for however long. He's never had an incident like this. For the most part, you know, I know we've only known Anthony as far as an angel for the last three years. But being as a guy that treats baseball like a job, He's a very even-killed, kind of mild-mannered kind of guy. So for him to just out of the blue and snap like this, like, I just don't buy it. You know what I mean? Like, I just don't, oh, oh come here, let me just grab you and just threaten you because we lost this game. No. Anthony mm-hmm. Rendon's lost many a games over his career, and I doubt a freaking loss to Oakland opening night is going to set him off like that, especially in a, in a season where you got 161 more games to go. Like, I just don't buy it. And then they brought out the, other, the rest of that footage from another angle. He's like, it was like he's spouting off at Anthony, spouting off at Otani, and then when Anthony comes around, I mean, he just says something, Anthony just had enough. What do you say, Rob? What was your take on it? I'm going to agree with you. I don't think what he did was right. But at the same time, he is a grown man, and he does have a fight-or-flight response. And I do think he's under pressure right now as the Angels. He needs to produce. He knows he needs to produce. And uh, he says he doesn't care all he wants. But getting paid $35 million, the highest paid player this year on the Angels, he knows the pressure's on him. And for another grown man to try to call you names the whole time, you're going to get a fight or flight response. And as we saw last year with Seattle, he's a dog. He's a fighter. He will fight. He will not flee from the situation. Absolutely. So with that there and the fan, I mean, you got to know it's coming, right? 
you can't sit there and just yell at somebody the whole time and use the excuse. He's a professional. He gets paid a lot. I'm a professional in my job. You're a professional in your job. I'm sure that guy that's sitting very front row was a professional in his job. And I don't know. I know Oakland's a little bit cheaper side, right, with tickets wise. But usually when you're buying tickets that low, your profession, whatever you in, you're in, that you're professional at, pays pretty well. Mm-hmm. So can Anthony Rendon go to his job and just sit there and call him a bitch the whole time? Right. And see how he perceives that? No. Granted, that guy probably had a few too many drinks, got a little chesty, Mm -hmm. thought he can handle it, was not expecting the response he got. But at the same time, if someone tells you to come here, why would you go over there? (laughs) Especially if you're talking crap the whole night. (laughs) Yes. You have the clear advantage, just looking from the fighting standpoint of it all. He has to reach up and grab you. How hard that is to do. The guy led him and told him to relax. So we saw his fight or flight response. He was all talk. He was leaving. He was fleeing the situation if he could. But could Rendon handle it better? Of course. But like you said, security didn't stop him. Ground screw didn't stop him. The other teammates didn't stop him. And people don't say, Otani doesn't speak English. No, he does. He's learning English. He's pretty. He's very well spoken. You understand the good chunk of it too. Mm -hmm. He's not able to carry conversations probably as quickly as we are. I don't know. Just guessing. That's why he has ePay with him. But yeah, that's it's an unfortunate situation. But we're seeing it happen in the NBA. Yep. You see it happen in the past in hockey. I've seen it happen in hockey. There, it's happening. It happens in football. At what point in time? Does a grown man who's a fan, still a grown man, responsible for his own actions against a pro athlete? Exactly. Because when you buy a ticket, it doesn't say you can do whatever you want when you enter the stadium. There's rules, regulations you have to follow. Yep. It's structure, societal. Most places, I mean, if you just get out and start cursing real loud, they'll say, hey, hey, let's let's bring it down, settle down. You know, you got, there's kids, there's families here. You're just, you know, you, you want to say a curse word or two, go for it. But, you know, if you get belligerent, most places will shut you down or they'll say, hey, you either cool it down or you got to go. Yeah. So I've, the, I've been Angel Stadium that, where the kick guys out. Yeah. Yeah. Seen it plenty of times. So the fact, I mean, the fact that this guy was even allowed to continue, I mean, there's just no room for stuff like that. It's like I said, there's, there's heckling and then there's just crossing the line. And I'm just, I'm just on the side where, you know, if you cross the line, and, and you get to that certain point, whatever happens is on you, man. I mean, you all bets are off. That's how I see it. Now, let me ask you: Does he get suspended? And if and if if, if you think so, how many games do you think he gets? Yes, he gets suspended. Major League Baseball has to take a stance on this, mm-hmm. and if they let this go, every time someone this altercation like this happens again. They're going to go to, if they get suspended and Rendon does not, they're going to appeal it and say, Rendon didn't get suspended. Why am I? Mine was lesser. Then it becomes a little too hard. So they're going to have to take a strong stance on it, I believe. I'm thinking a 10-game suspension. He will appeal that 10-game suspension down to a five. But for position player in itself, they're going to try to hit him a little bit more for it overall. I mean, yeah, I, I don't know. Major League Baseball is kind of all over the place on certain things, especially something like this. It's never really happened before. But, I mean, we'll see. It's, I don't know. I think Artie Moreno 
also has a, left a bad taste in Major League Baseball's mouth here and there with the decisions he's made and the Skaggs issue. So I, I see them coming down harder on Rendon because we're guilty, uh, guilty by association here. Yep, that wouldn't surprise me one bit, not at all. And I'm I'm with you. I think it's going to be somewhere right up, right around 10, 15 games, and he'll probably appeal it, which will allow him to play. And I don't think they'll lower it. Like I, I think I'm with you. I think they're going to try to make an example out of this. You know, try to make sure nobody does it again anytime soon. So yeah, I'm with you. 10, 15 games, and you know, we'll go from there. Thank God we got the depth now, though, right? <laughs> yeah, no joke. Live every night on the Halos in the Infield Baseball Network. Think about it. We'll get into everything that we're going to get into as we go along, but I got to rant real quick. But why would you throw out an inexperienced pitcher in a game you're still close in? And I don't care what the record is, you show up for a fucking rivalry game. But he's actually talking to him constantly. That is a sign of a really, really good coach. It's the Todd Box Hosting Podcast with your host, Todd Box. Because the only thing I want to yell is, Fuck! All right, so now we're going to go ahead and get into the uh, Oakland series. And, uh, well, uh, I would say it wasn't wasn't the greatest start losing the first game. Should have probably won that game. I mean, my God. I, I believe it was what? One nothing going into the ninth, if I'm not mistaken. Was it the eighth inning or the ninth inning? It could have been the eighth inning. It could have been the eighth. That's right. Yeah, because that's right. You're right. Yeah, going to the eighth inning. Man, couldn't hold the lead for for inning and a half, maybe. <laughs> oh man, there's not really much to talk about that first game. I mean, there's no offense. I mean, Shohei Shohei had a hell of a night. Six innings pitched, ten Ks. Not, mm-hmm. not his best stuff, not at all. But man, Saturday and Sunday, woo! Especially uh, Saturday. What inning? What inning was that that we had that eleven runs? Was it the third inning. Yeah, third inning, dude. Eleven run third inning. That I was like, am I am I watching the Angels? I mean, I, I did the Angels ever have a have an inning where they scored more than five runs last year? I mean, my goodness. And then today, I mean, just it seems just like you know we picked right where we left off. You know, it wasn't it wasn't thirteen runs, six runs, but I mean, this team looks good. And and and, and yeah. let me say this, and we'll start we'll start off here. the The night and day difference between last year and this season with the plate discipline. I mean, it seemed like last year. I mean, these guys were just you know certain guys were just trying to hit it out of the park. Some guys were just, you know, seemed like they were just whiffing because they were pressing. Just, oh, I got to get a hit. I got to get a hit. And they were just, oh, like I said, overpressing. But it seems like this year, they're, they're being preached something. They're taking pitches. They're taking walks. You know, we still got to work on getting guys in, you know, runners in scoring position. But I'm impressed with what Marcus Thames is doing with this squad, man. I mean, it, like I say, it is night and day compared to what they were doing last year. I'm just, I am overall impressed. What do you say, Rob? Yeah, it seems like there's accountability on this team now. I know it's early in the season, but I think it was a Todd mentioned in the post game show, and I think you were on a call too. Um, that first game, they weren't sitting back waiting and attacking the off speed pitches. 
second game, they did not get beat by these off-speed pitchers. Mm-hmm. They could hit the fastball, but they weren't waiting back and timely hitting and being patient at the plate, as you alluded to. And I don't know if it's Marcus Stames with Phil Nevin, where the accountability is there, or these guys are taking amongst themselves with a leadership role in the clubhouse. But yeah, no, it's a huge difference from uh, Sereno and Reed, what they would have done and told these hitters what to do and how to do it. I still think, however, there is a couple of times where you're watching these guys hit the game one, 2-0, 3-0 counts, and taking hacks and popping the ball up. Let the, make the guy throw a strike. Questionable borderline pitchers, granted, again, who am I to talk, right? This, <laughs> they have a split second to react. This guy's throwing 98-mile-per-hour fastball. Split finger drops out, or slider drops out. The lefty from uh, Oakland. That slider was dirty. That curveball was dirty. But a lot of this two, three-oh counts, you let them off the hook. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, but make then, them pitch to you. I mean, if they're not going to pitch you, you don't take it. Yeah. And, but game two and three are totally different stories. They made them, made the pitcher work, made them pitch to them, and they found the mistakes. Absolutely. That's something that we just harped on all year last year. It's like, oh my God, be more patient, you know, and, 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 and they showed it. Mm hmm. What do you think about Logan O'Hoppy, man? I mean, he just – okay, now everybody knows how I feel about him, and I'm not going to sit here and, and, and toot the horn. I think I've done that enough. I'll let Rob get his takes in on him. The kid's, what, 22 years old, 23 years old, something like that? The leadership that he's showing. I forget where I – I don't know if I read it or I heard it on the post game or, or in the chat or something, but something about him coming, on, coming in on his day off during spring training, just so mm-hmm. – he could catch Tyler Anderson so he can get a feel for him. That's a young kid doing that, man. I mean, that's somebody, That's somebody. you know, that sounds like somebody that takes it serious. You know, somebody came mm-hmm. here to win. I mean, his approach at the plate, his name's been brought up in all three of these games doing something. There's just something about him, Rob. I mean, there's just, he's got, to me, he's got this aura around him, you know, that just, mm-hmm. I, and I've said this before, I just think he's going to be a star. I don't think he's, I don't think he's come here just to be, you know, a run-of-the-mill, batting 250, give you a couple of home runs, you know, yeah, decent behind the plate. No, I think Loken O'Hoppy came here to be a star, and I think that's exactly what he's going to be. What do you think? I mean, for those who listened last week, I compared him to JT Real Muto. That's right, you did. And I think this guy is still JT Real Muto. <laughs> I don't know if by chance if you guys, if anybody caught the post-game interview with him today on Sunday's game, he was talking to the announcers. His presence in that interview and his maturity and how he was speaking seemed like he was a 10-year vet who had worked with this pitching staff the whole entire time, who knew his uh, approach at the plate and what he was going through and what he needed to do. I'm impressed. I mean, I'm overly impressed. I'm on the bandwagon. I'm drinking Kool-Aid. Honk the halo honk for me. <laughs> He's our guy. Trade Stassi. Package him up with Fletcher. Get another arm in here. We have depth. I understand we need these guys for depth, but we don't need three catchers on the roster. Right. I'm I'm 100% right there with you, man. I'm thinking it's an arms race again, and bullpen looks good. Granted, it's only three games in. Don't hit the panic button, but I mean, I just don't see five million dollars sitting on the bench. We have a guy making what league minimum for him is five hundred thousand right now, second year in. If he's on a second year, mm-hmm. so yep. he could still be the two seventy five because he's a rookie contract. But uh, no, I'm 
overly impressed. His approach at the plate is amazing. He's not uh, deterred away from fastballs. He can sit back and hit the off speed and drive it to the gap for power. And even the, even his outs, game two, he drove that ball right to the center fielder. Yep. Hard hits. I'll th- you take that every single day, like Trout, yep. right? Same thing. The ball's going to fall. Yep, I was just going to say that. Eventually, they're going to fall. Just keep just keep putting the barrel of the bat on the ball, and like I said, eventually it's going to fall. Um, yeah. This- let's uh, let's talk about uh, Taylor Ward for a second. I mean. I, I touched on him in the post game too, but man, he's just he's just impressed me these last couple of years, and he just he just seems to keep to keep getting better every year, and I just th- I think this is the year that he really puts it together, and, and and I've already been on record saying this. I think this is I think this is a year he becomes an all star, and I think he, I think he gets a silver slugger award, dude. Todd, 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 yeah, yeah, Todd got same reaction Todd gave me. But you know what? I'm not shying away with, from it because you know why? Because Taylor Ward, his ultimate goal, other than I'm sure winning the championship this year, is to have a 900 OPS. Like that's he strives for that. I'm not going to say he's going to get there, but I mean somebody that's that hungry and the work ethic that Taylor Ward puts forth in, in his craft, it's the eye test, dude. Every year for the last two, three years, this guy's just gotten better each year. I think this is the year, man. What do you think? What do you th- what's your thoughts on Ward? I mean, I like Taylor Ward. A little bit slow coming out when you draft a guy first round, you expect him to kind of rise through the ranks quickly. I mean, it's common misconception in baseball, right? First round pick, he's got to be good. And I think he was done a disservice starting off as a catcher. Granted, done a disservice by going to Fresno State, but that's we'll talk about that later. Hey, but, man. Uh, uh, no, I mean, Fresno State, great school, right? Fit him well for baseball, especially there. Thrive there. He was great. I never would have thought, put him in the outfield. Let's see what this guy can do. And they did. And he can make reads. And like you said, he's hungry and he knows what it takes. He's a leader. As Absolutely. a catcher, you're a leader. So he knows what it takes to get there. And he showed it last year by getting with 60 walks. I believe so. About. Right around the neighborhood. So he, yeah, he has an eye. He has an eye for the ball. He hit 280. I mean, I know he, what, he had 250 the year before that and everything. Slowly, like you said, got better each and every year. But, uh, I mean, that ball today, that was a screamer <laughs> for that a home run. But he's hitting the ball well. He's hitting the ball hard. And uh, in the Bay Area, that ball usually does not fly. No. The wind keeps that ball in. The air is a little bit thicker up there. Mm-hmm. And to see him crush that baseball and want, like you said, he's hungry. This whole team is hungry. Like with the O'Hop, he's hungry. He just he's not losing that spot. Right. Taylor Ward, he's hungry. He wants that gold glove. He wants the silver slugger. He's wants to be an all star. He wants to be great. These guys don't want it to follow Mike Trout and show their tawny shoulders anymore. And what makes a championship team is these the uh secondary guys yep. coming into play, the bottom of the lineup helping out. And Todd talked about it all the time. When everyone contributes on those guys off days. Like today, granted, Trout had a great day today. Otani hit one hit, home run, but solo home runs won't beat a team. No, we we saw plenty of solo shots last year. Mm-hmm. This guy, he's he's ready, and it's early in the season. We were like this last year, but it's exciting to see all these guys hungry, wanting to win, 
and wanting to do well because if you want to win a silver slugger and a gold glove, mm-hmm. you want to win. Absolutely. Period. Absolutely. All right, Robert, before we move on to the next segment, with what we witnessed in Oakland this weekend, you think we own the A's this year? Oh, absolutely do. <laughs> in your face, you choking assholes. Welcome to Halos of the Infield, the weekly podcast that brings you the inside scoop on all the latest news, stats, and analysis from the world of Angels baseball. We'll bring you exclusive interviews as well as insightful commentary, in-depth analysis, and eye-opening insight from our team of diehard Halo fans. So if you love baseball, and especially the Angels, then get ready for the ultimate listening experience. Join Top Fox and Fernando Mendez with Halos in the infield, your weekly hit of all things Angels baseball. It's the Halo Honk Line. What's going on, my brother? What's up, Randy? How you doing? Oh, man, I think you know exactly how I'm doing today. It's because the A's lost. Don't mean you're doing good. Oh, I'm doing fine. <laughs> Check it out. First of all, I want to toot the horn of Logan O'Hoppy, and I told y'all so, because this motherfucker is the real goddamn deal. Yes, he is. I'm, at his age... The leadership that he's showing, it, it, it's off the charts. And yes. It's like somebody mentioned in the comments that he came out, he came in on a day off during spring training to catch Anderson in order to get a feel for the guy. I mean, that ought to tell you everything you need to know about this kid. He's a gamer. He's here to ball out. He's here to play. He's here to be serious. Yep. I mean, I just love the kid. And that's like I told you, Todd, and I'm not even mad he's wearing number 14. You know, I I saw several players. I mean, like Marsh did it with Anderson. I really thought that Anderson's number should be retired. Uh, today you saw Anderson, uh, the, Tyler Anderson, wear Chuck Finley's number, uh, 31, right. which should be retired as well. Um, I mean, be, and, and then you got today, like you said, Sosha's number's 14. How long was he here? I mean, I, there's just certain numbers. I, I'm a numbers type guy. We're not the Yankees, but we should have some more retired numbers. Obviously, if Trout didn't grab 27, Guerrero should be retired. Um, you know, Erstad should be retired, but Otani got 17. So <laughs> it's like <laughs> some of these players are screwed. Uh, I'm just wondering because of how we are as a fan base now, if someone has the balls to grab 36, how many ruffled feathers are going to happen because of that? Well, you'll piss me off. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. There's a there's a lot of Angel fans who are very, very loyal to Weaver. And I don't care who you are. If you're like the next yeah. Mike Trout, if you grab 36, I'm going to be a little bit mad. Uh, oh, yeah. I mean, there's just certain guys that you just don't wear. And I, it's, it's like Sam. And I, I forget how many years ago and who, who the hell it was. wore number 15. And it's just like, whoa, 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 whoa. What are we doing here? Even as a franchise, I mean, if it's not retired, I mean, there should just be a precedent. It's like, hey, you're not wearing that goddamn number. I don't care who you are, where you're from, and what you're about. You're not wearing that goddamn number here in this goddamn franchise. No, not with these colors. Oh, absolutely. I totally agree. And real quick, since I have you on the line, Martin says Suzuki influences Ohapi. You agree with that? Suzuki influences Ohio. I mean, I would hope so. Because he's still in the organization I mean, helping out with in that capacity. 
I mean, let's be real. Let's be real. Suzuki was, I mean, he's a damn good catcher. I mean, we just happened to get him at his old age. I mean, can't fault Suzuki for that. I mean, boy wanted to play ball, and we gave him a chance to. Yep. But as a mentor, God, I hope so. Oh, I hope we all freaking hope so. Yeah. Because I, he's got a offer. I mean, he, I mean, he's. Suzuki was a student of the game. I mean, he. I mean, he loved this game. I mean, it was like sixteen years of catching. Yeah, I mean, it was. It was. It was all about baseball. So, I mean, he's a smart guy. He's, he's an influential guy. I mean, that's why they kept him around. I mean, that's why he's still around. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, from Cal State Fullerton, which was. I mean, I would. <laughs> I would hope. I. He has all the influence in the world on guys like Ohapi because I mean, if that's the case, look what it's doing. I mean, keep it coming. Yeah, I agree. And if I can insert a little something um, before I forget. Yeah, go ahead. Can I can I just talk about the night and freaking day difference in the plate discipline with this club? Yeah. Like, my God, Todd. I mean, these guys are taking pitches. Or, I mean, they're walking when need to. They're not – They're not. there's no launching. Well, there's a little bit with Otani, but I mean that – and trout, but that's—I mean—you're going to get it with guys like that because that's just who they are. Yeah. But I mean, for the most part, I mean, guys are—they're they're taking walks, they're getting on. I mean, we got—we still got to work on, you know, guys with, you know, in, in scoring position. That's, that's still that's still that's still an issue, I think. But you know, it's still early in the season. That, that you know, that's going to hopefully progress as you know as the days go on. But I mean, my—I forget his first name. Sames, can you help me out there? Stains or oh, Thames, Thames, Marcus Thames, Marcus Thames. Thank you. Mm-hmm. What a blessing! And I, I'm not trying to get preacherist or anything here, like you're or religious or anything, but what a damn blessing, dude. Well, yeah, I mean, like, I mean, oh, go ahead. They did, I mean, you, you got he's a credit, you got to give him credit. Oh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. The thing is, you saw a difference in spring training. Last year when Nevin came over, he brought that New York mentality. He brought that East Coast toughness. And you could see the team change in, in mentality. The pitching changed and everything. The hitting was like last to start conforming, which didn't happen until September. But with Marcus Thames in here, you definitely, like you called it, they have better approaches at the plate. Look, Renifo hasn't gotten a hit yet, but Renifo's looked like a star in all three games. He's worked walks. Mm-hmm. He's gone on base. He's done whatever you you know. he's sacrificed. He's doing good, and the hits will start coming with him. Believe me, um, you know he, he had that nice home run against the Dodgers in in the, in the last warm up game. Uh, so and, mm-hmm. and so, like you said, you don't want guys like like Fletcher. That's why I still see a problem with Fletcher. He's still swinging stupidly and wildly up there. He's not trying to just right. le- have a level swing. You know, he's he the pitchers know that they could throw him up to, uh, up in the zone, head high, neck high, and he'll swing at it and fly out. He needs to get yep. the pitchers to start lowering the ball a little bit and then hacking at the ball, hit more line drives that way. His swing isn't fixed yet. But as far as everyone else's approach that we've seen so far, even Brett Phillips, they're coming up there with very nice swings, working the pitches, and they're and like you said, they're not trying to hit the home runs, and you could tell there's a different vibe on this hitting squad because of that. Absolutely. And, and while we're on the subject here, let's uh, let's go ahead and toot the horn of uh, Gio Rochelle a little bit. I mean, dude's a gamer. Yeah, I like him a lot. I, yeah, absolutely. I'm 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 100 with you, brother. Um, as as a guy coming off the bench, 
I absolutely 100% feel totally fine. You know, hey, when Dunn wants a day off, hey, Geo's available. Okay. Yeah. Not going to miss a beat. Not going to miss a beat, dude. I totally agree. Walsh comes up, needs a day because of headache, put him at first. Uh, Renifo needs yep. a day off, put him at second. Why not? He's a, pro- he's a professional hitter. Yeah. I, I mean, that's just what. In Gio Urshela, I mean, he's not gonna, he's not gonna, sh- he's not gonna blow your pants off. He's not gonna, he's not gonna light up the world. But you know what? He's a professional hitter. He's gonna be consistent. And when he, and when, and when you call on him, you know you can count on him. And that's, you know what? And I'll go a step further. That's a Phil Nevin kind of guy. That's a Perry kind of guy. It is. It is. And look for, look for those guys to go off against Seattle. I think Drury gets it going. I think Renifo starts to get a couple hits, and then we'll see a, a guy like Urshela get more playing time and show you why he's so valuable. Like, and and how about Ward though? This series, Ward wasn't trying to, you know, he just took what you gave him, and that's why he looks so solid up there at leadoff. That's what we've been missing as a team for so long. Is a guy that okay? I'm not, you know, if the home run ball's there, I'll take it. But if not, I'm just going to get on base and flare one out to left field, and that's what he's been doing. But check it out. You know what? And, and, and credit to what Ward has dedicated his offseason to. And, it, and it's also credit to, to the end. And I can't remember his name. He's a former Fresno State uh, teammate, He's, which I believe is also a hitting coach in the, up here in the majors, I think. <clears throat> but he works with him every offseason. And I, from what I heard, or if I, if I read correctly, uh, a few Angel players have also worked out with this individual this offseason. And, and, and Taylor is on record saying he credits all the success he's been having these last couple of years to this individual's uh, regiment that he puts him through every offseason. Well, and he- I, you know, and, I, and I'm on record saying that you know, I'm big Fresno State fan, go dogs, go fight, dogs fight, baby. But you know, Taylor Ward comes off that same team that Aaron Judge did, and Taylor Ward was just one of those guys that you know you just looked at like. Okay, if he gets drafted, you know, he may have to change positions. He's not going to shock the world. Mm-hmm. But what he's turned into, this, I'm going to, okay, I'm going to go on record right here, right now on the Todd Fox postgame podcast. This is a silver slugger all-star in 2023. Ooh, that's two big predictions, I mean, man. I mean, he is just putting together. I mean, he is just turning into a God Lord professional hitter right before our eyes, man. Yep. And it's just it's a credit to to, to how he dedicates his off season and, and the mindset that he puts forth every time he goes out there. I mean, Taylor, if you're listening, from one you know, I'm not an alumni, but from one Bulldog fan to an actual Bulldog, I love you, brother, and I'm so proud of what you've become, dude. Because holy crap! <laughs> and there's watching the f- that kid would have never thought, dude. It's crazy. So now we have Randy's. Uh, what is it called? Man crush for the day. <laughs> oh, you know I love Ward. My baby, but, but my man crush this year is on, on Logan O'Hoppy, man. There that you guy go. just steals. He just steals my heart. I'll just say that right now. <laughs> but hey, I'm gonna go ahead and get off here. I'm gonna let the other callers come in. But hey, seven one four tickets. Seven one four tickets. Hey, Todd. Uh huh. That's what I wanted to hear. I love you, brother. And I'll see you on the other side. <laughs> you got it, man. Go Angels. <laughs> go Angels. There you go.
Make sure you check out our sponsor over at 714 Tickets. They take pride in providing their customers with transparent pricing and excellent service. With 714 Tickets, you don't have to worry about hidden fees or surprises at checkout. The price you see is the price you pay. Plus, our team is dedicated to ensuring that you have the best shopping experience possible. And as a special thank you, we're offering a 10% discount on your purchase as well as entering you in a drawing for a free Halo's jersey. Also, 5% cash back on your purchase. Only when you use the promotional code HITI at checkout. That's H-I-T-I, HITI. Get ready to shop with confidence and discover great deals today over at 714 Tickets. All right, so we're going to go ahead and well, now we're not going to spend too much time on this. This is what the uh, Halos in the Infield weekly podcast is for with Todd and Fernando. Check them out, by the way. But we will touch a little bit on the Mariners game or the Mariners series coming up. Good news came out of this weekend. Mariners went one in three versus Ohio. Now that's music to my ears. No, nah, that doesn't really mean much. I mean, it's early in the season, but. To see the Mariners come out of the gate with a losing record and the Halos with a winning record, hey, I'll take that any day of the week. What do you say, Rob? Oh, yeah. I mean, every game counts at this point. Mm-hmm. What are you looking forward to most of this series coming up? Are you looking for anything? To see if uh, Trout continues dominance in Seattle. He usually hits well up there, sees the ball really well, and drives it out. And just love breaking hearts, especially leaps. <laughs> I'm glad you. I'm glad you brought that up. I was. That's actually what I was going to touch on too. Not so much Leaf, but the fact that <laughs> the fact that Trout owns Seattle, um, and he and he sees the ball and hits the ball very well up there. Um, yeah, it's uh, Seattle, man. Uh, we've been saying that all off season. You know, Todd touches on it all the time. Uh, that's kind of our competition right now. You know, mm-hmm. we, we all we've all agreed that you know. Houston's not it yet. You know, we're not quite there yet. Mm-hmm. But teams like the Rangers, teams like Seattle, that's our competition. That's who we got to – that's who we need to be in front of when it's all said and done. So I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to seeing, you know, how Seattle bounces back after losing uh, or after going one and three against Ohio. Um, I want to see – and I touched on this several times last year, and Todd can vouch for it. I want to see if this team can continue doing what it's doing and not be that team last year where you go out, blow your load in one or two games, and then you, can't, you go a whole week and you can't score diddly squat. Angels did that so many times last year. I, a matter of fact, I think, I think it happened against Toronto. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, right before we went into that slump, yes, it was. So I'm just I don't I want I want to see this team continue. I want to see I want to see consistency with this team. So I want to see if we can go into Seattle, hostile environment. Don't get me wrong. I want to see if we can go into Seattle and continue what we did this weekend in Oakland. How about you, Rob? Yeah, I mean it's always great to see you. Uh take momentum into the next series and go ahead and dominate Seattle, hopefully. But uh, I'm looking at this. Seattle has good pitching, man. It's They do. The Cleveland team, the team from Ohio, excuse me. 
that beat them just beat them with good pitching as well and good pitching beats good hitting any day of the week but uh seattle also that second game they lost at three errors and mm-hmm. they only gave up earned run wise four earned runs but give up a total of nine runs so they're not a bad team at all so i wouldn't i wouldn't say the uh team from ohio uh beating them means that seattle is having a down year now they're solid as they come and it's a good test to see actually where we're at so far in the beginning of the year right 100 percent with you there brother do you think we take this series <laughs> i think so the one matchup that i am not a fan of and it's really just bothering me it, it's going to be the tuesday game for us suarez mm, okay against luis castillo Oh, okay. That's the Tuesday matchup. That's the Tuesday matchup. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, that's going to be a tough one because Steele's a really good pitcher. Yeah, as of now, they have Castillo slated for Tuesday, and then the Wednesday matchup was uh, uh, Chris Flexen versus Shohei. So unless it changes, but as of now, they're, they bumped it up, and so they have uh, Suarez going, and I'm just not a fan. He shows glimpses mm-hmm. when we're really bad that have greatness. But then beginning of the year last year, and it's beginning of the year again. Now pressure's on. You got to produce. Is he going to? I don't have confidence in him. I still think that we're another starting pitcher away. And I don't like going against a power right-handed hitting team with lefties back-to-back. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you right there. If they can just continue what they did in Oakland, man, you know, continue with the walks. Again, we need to, we need to work on the runners in scoring, scoring position. It just seems like something the Angels always got to work on. But, man, if you if you guys can stay consistent, keep it up, I'm going to go ahead and call a sweep right here. We're sweeping Seattle Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Book it. Rob, you're looking at me like I've lost my damn mind. <laughs> Send whatever you're drinking down this way because I need to take a sip of that for sure. If old Todd was here, I'd be I'd have that honk in my ear like a son of a gun right now, dude. <laughs> oh man, he wouldn't be able to fill it with air fast enough. <laughs> he's probably he's probably face palming as he's listening right now. <laughs> Fernando just pulled over. What are you doing? <laughs> but I'm sticking by it. We're sweeping Seattle, baby. I, I just got this feeling. I just got this feeling, man. You know. Not saying I'm not saying it's the hot streak's gonna you know stay stay hot forever, but hey, like I said, Seattle just they just went one and three against Ohio. You know, may, may, maybe maybe they're still reeling a little bit, and you know maybe we could take advantage of that. I mean that's just the way I'm looking at it. You know they're, they're coming in they're coming in cold. We're coming in a little hot. See what not coming in that cold. Eh, <laughs> cold enough. <laughs> I don't know. I just these halo bats, man. I mean, there's just something about them, dude. I mean, and like I said earlier in the show, you know, uh, night and day difference in the batter's box. I think this is a different team than Seattle's been used to the last couple of years, and I think they're about to find out just how different that team is. So, you got him going what? Two out of three. Two out of three. I mean, I'm looking at the stat line here. Seattle has more hits in a three game series than the Angels did. And they lost. So it's not like this team's not hitting. That's all going to change Monday night, boys and girls. <laughs> hey, 
I have complete confidence in Reed Detmers. Go shut it down. Oh yeah. Suarez Suarez just bothers me. Suarez is the thorn in Rob's side right now. I can tell you right now, Todd's probably oh man. Todd does love he loves him some Suarez. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're going to go ahead and uh, wrap up our show here for this week. Uh, we're going to go ahead and get into our final thoughts. We're going to go ahead and let Rob take the floor on this one. Rob, it's all yours, brother. First series, um, you learned a lot for game one on what the team needed to do and adjustment-wise, and then games two and three, you saw them make those adjustments. I think we're slowly seeing a leader in a hop coming out, and uh, we won that trade. 100% won that trade right here, and it's it has me excited. I'm not going to lie. It has you excited, too. Absolutely. <laughs> You're excited. Fill these nipples. <laughs> <laughs> the one thing I'm going through, and I, we talked about this earlier, there's one guy that's bothering me right now in the lineup, mm-hmm. Brandon Jury. I watch his approaches at the plate, eight at-bats, doesn't look too confident in it. Then you do a deep dive into his career. I'm seeing Zach Kozer. Oh, you just, oh. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you just heard that collective sigh of, oh, from every Halos fan when you mentioned that name. I am yeah, pretty I'm, sure some, some of them just clicked off the show. <laughs> probably dislike it, hate on me. It's okay. Um, I'm looking at it this way. Zach Cozart was great in Cincinnati. Brandon Drury was great in Cincinnati. Drury last year went to the Padres. Numbers fell. They had him hitting second. Wasn't producing. Dropped him down to fourth right in front of Josh Bell. Wasn't producing down there. 230 hitter. My take on this, and I hope I'm wrong, I want that to be a successful sign. $17 million, two years. Thank God we're not walking long. Perry did a great job on that one too because we'd be the team to lock that guy in for eight years plus. He's stuck. (laughs) But he's on a two-year deal, so he he is expendable. Don't get me wrong. He is expendable, so I can see us. If he doesn't work out for us, good. We wash our hands clean of him quickly here. Mm -hmm. But I'm just looking at this, and you see him. He's uh, Cincinnati does well. Struggled in San Diego, like I said. You go back later earlier in his career, Struggled in the, on the New York Mets, or uh, excuse me, hit well on the New York Mets. Mets had a losing record that year, 70 wins over 80 losses. Mm-hmm. Goes to the Toronto Blue Jays, a winning team, playoff team. Struggles there. And every time I look at the lineups and where he's hitting, you see him in uh, Cincinnati hitting. Who's protecting him in the lineup? He was batting second, third. You had Tommy Fan and Joey Votto mm-hmm. right behind him. So who are you going to pitch to? I'm going to pitch to Brandon Drury. Tommy Fan, Joey Votto's not going to beat me. Right. But you switch teams around. He's on the Mets. Who's protecting him? Nobody. He was the number seven, number eight hitter. No protection at all. Teams weren't afraid. They weren't trying to pitch to him, right? They were able to force him to make, uh, have good at bats, force him to make contact with the ball. We're seeing him here in Anaheim. He's not batting in front of Trout. He's not batting in front of Otani. He's has Renjifo, Rendon. Was it Lamb there earlier mm-hmm. protecting him? Those guys aren't off to a hot start as well. I mean, he's had the protection of the lineup. You can go ahead and make that argument. But uh, 
even if you put him up there, he's no Shohei. He's no Trout. You can't bat him third or fourth. This guy needs protection in the lineup, and then also you're playing a good team. You're playing the Angels. This is a great lineup for the Angels. Right. You go to the Reds last year, you're playing the Reds. They were not a threat to you. No. Teams took those games off pretty much. You weren't trying to over-execute pitches. Not saying that you're taking the game off right. in itself, but you weren't. it's okay if Brandon and uh, Drury got a hit off you. It wasn't the end of the world. You weren't going to lose a game on Brandon Drury getting a, uh, a single off you or a double off you because, yeah, he hits home runs. Don't get me wrong, but is he going to hit 30-plus a year? No. Right. It's not in him there. And I'm just, his approach so far, spring training-wise, even in now in the season, I'm just not impressed. Just the same approach that he had in Arizona when he first started up. His average was 200. He, uh, like, low 200s. 2016, made a name for himself a little bit. Got a 280 average up there. But then he goes to Arizona, trades with the Yankees. From the Yankees to Toronto. From Toronto to the Mets. From the Mets to Cincinnati. He's just up and down for those on the playoff teams. The Yankees, he's sub-200. Sub-200 hitter until Toronto's 2019 year where he finally hit over 200. Barely. Then he goes to the Mets. Has to revive his career there. I mean, granted... Again, who is he? He, he plays minimum games. He doesn't, play that, he doesn't play that much in these games here. And I just think he's not effective in our lineup currently. Sit him down again. Let him regroup. He's a journeyman professional, right? He's in the league for a reason. Mm-hmm. And hopefully Thames gets him some work in the cages. But as of now, I just see – I just remember. Not see, sorry. I'm going to go ahead. I just remember it's just uh, deja vu with uh, Zach Kozer. Man, I mean, I gotta, I gotta give you props, you know, for looking all that up and and seeing that man, because you know what, I, I, I would have never known. To be honest with you, I would never, I would have never even looked any of that up and realized any of that. And that's kind of, and that's kind of scary, because uh, that just, it just sounds like he's been hot and cold his whole career. He's never been able to stay consistent. That's all that tells me. Yeah, it's just where he bats in the lineup and what team he's on and what protection protection he's afforded in that lineup. And on a bad team, when you're one of the better hitters, like you were, like I said, in Cincinnati, on the Mets, like he was, and on the Diamondbacks, these these weren't playoff contending teams. So there's no pressure. There's no pressure. The team's not. You can you can bat him second, bat him third, give him protection in the lineup, give your heavy hitter, have him bat behind him, but he's he has to be up there in order to get that protection. And you're not going to get that with the angels. Yeah. I mean, like today trout said, it's nice having Shohei batting behind me. Yeah. Because Trout's seeing better pitches. Now we remember all those years with pool holes behind him. Trout wasn't seeing a thing. Mm-hmm. And the fact that he won MVPs those year, all those years shows how great of a player he was because there was no threat beyond Mike trout get through trout. You got outs right behind you. You had a double play waiting to happen. Yeah, with pool holes and all that. So, wow. I mean, I look at it that way too. They they went out and signed the Padres. Went and got Rugen Odor instead of keeping Drury. Who? <laughs> yeah, I've never heard that name. Rugen Odor. Watch it, watch it be a household name, and I've never even heard of him. Yeah, the guy from Texas. Remember, he punched out Jose Batista. Oh, Jose Batista? yes, 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 yes. Okay. <laughs> oh, 
I thought you were messing with me. Talk, I thought you didn't like the guy. Oh, man. Names slip me all the time. I, I'm just one of those people. So, who? Wait, who? Oh, Mike Trout. Who? What? Never heard of him. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, that's kind of telling, though, man. I mean, it kind of scares me now. This is kind of a team where you're kind of going to be expected to perform and produce. Mm-hmm. Man. I mean, numbers don't lie. I mean, you got them right there in front of you. That that's a that's a little concerning, and and I'm kind of hoping yeah. that doesn't come to come back to bite us in the ass. That's my take on him there, and it, it, that's why it makes me kind of wishing that Walsh gets back here pretty quick to see what he has because so far, I mean, granted, it, it's only Oakland, it's only three games. I know, trust me, people don't have to tell me about it, <laughs> but your approach at the plate tells a lot for you, right? But what's going on? I mean, like Trout and Otani not getting hits, right? But their approach at the plate's great. They're still making good contact. They're seeing the pitches. I just, even today on that up six nothing, and he mm-hmm. goes three two count. I just I'm watching him. Drury go three two count and looks lost. Yeah, he's guessing up there and doesn't look comfortable. So hopefully Thames does his thing. I think he's a good coach, good hitting coach. Sit him down. Take a breather. Take the load off. Pressure off. We're winning. Everyone else is picking you up, right, on the team like they're supposed to. They're hitting. So let's see if we can turn this around. But it's just me. I could be a hater. Don't get me wrong. (laughs) I'm really skeptical on guys from Cincinnati especially. Mm -hmm. Hey, no, hey, numbers don't lie, man. So, you know, hopefully hopefully he comes here and can have a decent year or two, and hopefully he can bridge that gap till Neto comes up. You know, I think once Neto comes up, I think we can have a clearer picture. You know, with you know where we can put guys. You know, because that'll that'll be our starting shortstop right there. And mm-hmm. you know, and you know, you can figure. You know, maybe you might not need Brandon Drury next year. Maybe you keep a guy like Gio Urshela. You know, you know, maybe yeah, maybe maybe Walsh does show up this year and shows you that he's the guy that he was once. So, you know, who knows? But it is concerning. I will say that. And 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 props to you, man, for finding that. I mean that's 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 some that's some good research, dude. And like I said, that's concerning. All right, folks. Well, that'll that'll do it for the show this week. Thank you, Rob, again for helping me out with this. Um, and folks, don't forget to check out our sponsors over at Seven One Four Tickets, where you can get ten percent off your purchase, five percent cash back, as well as get entered into a monthly drawing for a free jersey, courtesy of us over here at Halos in the Infield. When you use the promo code HEATI, that's H-I-T-I, HEATI, that's 714 tickets. I'm Randy, for Rob, this is the HEATI Weekly Wrap-Up, and we will see you next week.